This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome to another edition of Spits and Suds on 105.3 The Fan. I'm Gavin Spittle, joined by two-time Stanley Cup winner, one of the greatest players ever to play for North Dakota, former Montreal Canadian, and most importantly, Dallas Star, Craig Ludwig. How are you today, sir? Oh, I'm very good. Um, I don't know about being the greatest player of any of those teams, but I was, I got jerseys from them. So there's that. Do you still, you still, I got got a couple, I got championships from all of them. So I'm along for the ride. Yeah. Do you, do you still have all your jerseys? Sweaters? Um, They are. Yes. To answer the question. Yes. Where, where are they? Um, Not sure. My, actually my, Stanley Cup jersey in Dallas, I actually gave to um, Toby Keith. And when his guitarist was having some health issues, they were going to do a fundraiser. And um, anyway, so that's where that went. I have other jerseys. I mean, I'm not really big into all that stuff. I have Dallas Stars jerseys and Montreal jerseys and North Dakota jerseys and high school jerseys. So, um, so I have them, they're here. I just don't, I don't have room to, to hang them up and I'm really don't, I have more, more skeletons and skulls and pictures of motorcycles <laughs> hanging up in my house than any hockey stuff. Okay. So all right, if you put your high school Jersey on, how would it look? It would look uh, red, white, and blue, like a USA Jersey. Okay. But it would fit perfect and everything. Uh, probably not perfect, but it fits, but right. you know, I, I couldn't wear any equipment underneath. I mean, I think when I was in high school, I was probably a hundred and, oh, I'm going to guess uh, I was probably around 190, 185, okay. 190 pounds at that time, maybe a little bit bigger. When I got into my first year at school, I was probably around two and a quarter, uh, meaning college. I was probably two and a quarter, you know, somewhere in that neighborhood, I guess. Hmm. So, Okay. All right, so before we get into the big Stars win last night in Nashville, let's go back to the retirement ceremony of Sergei Zuboff. 
You had mentioned in our last podcast about wrestling and how you had, you know, a brief um, getting into the ring as far as professional wrestling. You know, uh, the guys would set up and you'd, you know, bounce around and stuff like that. But I say that because in professional wrestling, cheers are called pops. And when they announced Craig Ludwig, sir, you'll deny it. I heard a good pop. <laughs> that must have been they were listening to the podcast just prior to that. To That's be begging right. Of course. Of course. I mean, it wasn't a Madonna pop, <clears throat> but it was a good pop. It was a solid pop. Well, it was, I think they're sure there, it was more of an awe. Like he's still alive. Like we thought that guy <laughs> died like a couple years ago. <clears throat> so, I mean, they you showed, know, they think, showed you with the Jersey with the a and everything like that. So, I mean, you know, kind well, of harking back to the, the, what, are you, what are you talking about? I didn't have no Jersey on. They should know. Oh, oh, you mean, did they do a, yes. Uh, on a jumbotron or whatever it's called? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. I didn't get I didn't get to look at any of that stuff. I didn't those see those flowing locks and the A. Yeah, look good. Okay. Yeah, didn't see that. I was more worried about putting one foot in front of the other and do not trip on the carpet. <clears throat> so mission accomplished. That's that was my next question. Because this is what I this is what I like about this podcast is you're an open book. How many frosties? Did Craig Ludwig have before hitting that red carpet? Well, um, it was in the evening, <laughs> so there there was a uh, there was a tailgate. I had my own tailgate party at my house with myself and Kim, and um, and then there was a couple in the car on the way down. Um, didn't drive, but I'm just saying. Um, and then, uh, yeah, well, and you know what? It's a good thing I did because when we got, we, <clears throat> we all met at the W and that was kind of the, the process. And so that was good, you know, because you got to see all the guys, you know, hadn't got a chance to see all. So then from there you go, they said, yeah, you guys are all meeting on the second floor. So I go up to the second floor and you would have thought you were walking into a, a, a business meeting in a hotel you know where you have a, a tv up front there was a microphone up there a couple speakers up there and about and then you had the you know your typical chairs like the folding chairs you know what i mean you know you padded seats kind of chairs nice and um at the when you first walk in robin was there one long time stars the ice girl she always does a great job with the stars and gives you your little packet of you know credentials and kind of tells you what you're going to do I, I was under the impression to be totally honest with that I thought we were all going out under the ice and there were different packs. Oh no, you get this one. I said, well, what's so different from mine than theirs? We are going on the ice. I said, well, why aren't we all going on the ice? <clears throat> so anyway, I didn't know that part of it. So, so I'm sitting there and, and Dan Stuckel works with the stars and he kind of coordinates all this kind of stuff. Great guy does an unbelievable job with the, with the, the team and everything that he does. I'm like Stukes, where's the beers? And he's like, Oh, there's no beer up here. I said, well, doesn't it say on the thing here, you know, be here at 530 and we got an hour to, you know, have a drink. He goes, I got some water over there. I'm like, this is the guy I went, this is the guy I went to <laughs> when in between the playoffs when the year we won the cup, I went to Mexico city with for Metallica and, you know, Vinny's band. And I'm like, Stukes, what, dude, what, do, what are we doing here? And he goes, well, I just want to, you know, give you the layout and stuff like that. So the bottom line is, it's a good thing I did start a little bit early because they had no refreshments there. Mm. And so, um, and I said, what's going on? And then he gets up to talk 
and we're literally sitting, <laughs> you know, 10 feet in front of them. And they're, they're, it's like four rows deep. That's about it. You know, Bob Ganey's there and Doug Armstrong, general for the general manager for the blues. And, you know, there's some guys that were obviously there the day that, that you know, going back to that day. And he, he, he's on the microphone with the speakers talking. I'm like, what the hell's going on here? You would have thought we were in the building or something like that, <laughs> having a big presentation. So <clears throat> anyway, he, he just kind of welcomed everybody. And then within five minutes, that was over with. And then we all just, or at least me and a couple of guys, we headed down to the bar and we sat down there. And then I said, okay, well, let's, let's walk across the street. Cause you know where the W is, right? Mm-hmm. There's the W right there. Yeah. And, you walk across the street and you're walking up the south side. I believe that's the south side of uh, the plaza there. And you went onto the green carpet. Yeah, yeah, onto the green carpet. And they're like, no, 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 no. I'm like, what do you mean, no, no? Well, we got cars here for you. I said, cars? So we all had to get into a car and 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 drive 40 feet <laughs> out of the car. <laughs> I'm like, man, I got a harder time. We all got harder times getting in and out of these vehicles than we do just walking across the street. So, and I thought, are you guys seriously worried about us crossing the street? Well, you know, you know how it is in your business. And it's not about that. It's about probably a, a sponsor. And because all the vehicles were, you know, certain brands, certain make and uh, all shiny. So, so we got a 40 foot drive over and a nice vehicle and no, there was no beer in there either, even though it was, you know, literally 15 to 20 seconds to get over there. I could have got a couple down, but, um, but it was a, they, I mean, they always do things like, I believe probably 99% of the teams in the NHL, they all do always do things first class and the carpet was awesome um, to see that many people. I don't know if they had to pay those people to be out there, but there were a hell of a lot of people out there. Um, and you know, I think Zuby was, Zuby didn't do the carpet, but I think Hatch was right behind me. And so it was nice for, to hear the ovation for him and, um, you know, and guys like that and Mo. And so, so it it was just, again, it's just another well-run thing. But when we did get in the doors, I did have a guy there and he goes, uh, Mr. Ludwig, I said, yeah. And he goes, you're coming with me. And I said, well, I thought we were going up to the suite first and then wait until the presentation thing goes, we got y'all set up downstairs. <laughs> I'm like, okay. I said, Kim, you go to the suite. I'll go downstairs. So, um, so we were good downstairs. And so, uh, you know, to lead or to actually answer your question, um, I had enough. I, I mean, mm-hmm. I had enough to relax and, but not enough to trip and fall. So I okay. was in the zone. Okay. I was in the zone. Okay. I thought the ceremony was well done. Yeah. And at the end, when Zuboff did his very quick speech, as you predicted, um, mm-hmm. and when he was leaving and shaking everyone's hand, I noticed you grabbed his hand and you gave him a tighter than others handshake. Is that true? I did. <laughs> That's greatness. Well, he, he looks at me like I have horns, you know what I mean? So he, he thinks I'm the devil. And so I just, you know, and I, I just. I actually sent him a message the, the next day. <clears throat> actually, it's funny. So yeah, I am an open book. So I get this text message on um, Monday. I was driving to practice <clears throat> for our U18 team. And I get this te- text message and it says Zuboff. And I'm like, what the hell would Zuby be texting me for? Um, unless there was a tab or something broken or something <laughs> like that. And and not I'm not the only name on it. Hatch is on there. And... And Zuby's apologizing to the two of us about, and he actually took a picture 
of the page that Hatch's name and my name were what he was going to say about us. Well, apparently I didn't, to be honest, I couldn't even hear what was going on. When you sit down there, you don't really hear everything. When everybody else laughs, you laugh. And when they clap, you clap. And, you know, I'm kind of gazing and I'm looking around. I know, I didn't know. I knew that they mentioned, he talked about Ganey and, you know, guys like that. And um, I, I know he mentioned Mo and that's about all I knew. Well, I didn't know that he had any intentions on mentioning my name or Hatchie's name, which I guess is, was the reason looking back that we all didn't go on the ice he had like a select group of maybe it was the captains at the time I mean I didn't ask him any of these questions and or whatever it was and so there's this long message about thanking or apologizing for not mentioning their names and he took a picture of what he was going to say about us just to prove that he actually had it because he probably thought that we wouldn't believe him and I just sent him a message right back and I said I said Doobie I said, all good here. I said, you didn't even talk to me while I was a player, a teammate of yours. <laughs> I said, but, but I'll tell you what, Hatch was pissed off. And I said, he, after we got off the thing and we got back to the, down to the little room there, I said, can you believe that fucking Zubov didn't even mention our names? <laughs> and so, and, and, and Zuby, it took a while for him to respond. And then when I got off the ice, I had a text message. Well, it was a text message from Hatch. And it said, I never said that, Zuby. Don't believe him. Like, <laughs> like I think Hatch actually believed that I that that I, you know, he believed the whole story. So anyway, all, everything was good. It okay. was a great, it was a great deal. And then you guys went up to the suite. Yeah, no, we well, we actually just we went upstairs. Oh well, yeah. yeah, we went up to the suite, we hung out there and couldn't have even told you who won the game. Yeah. And, uh, well, don't we worry about that. Brother. Yeah, I don't even know. That was a rough one. Oh, no. Well, I do kind of know because I remember I was standing with Army with Doug Armstrong. And and I remember saying something about we were talking about Washington and and Army made some comment about their power plan. I said, hey, and oh, and Bundy was standing there. Sean Chambers was standing there with us. And I just said, well, I said the whole key. They were on the power play, actually. And I said, the whole key is that guy right there. And Bundy turns around and he goes, who? And I said, Carlson, you know, their defenseman. I said, he's the key. Everybody thinks it's Ovechkin and stuff like that, which it is. I said, he's the key. And and as soon as those words came out of my mouth, Carlson shot and scored. And so Army Army kind of made a comment to me. And um, so, but that, I I knew that, I mean, I remember guys talking about it after it was five months. But again, those kind of events, you you really don't pay attention to the game, you know, because there's guys you haven't seen in a few years or whatever it be. And you know, they're, they're actually, there was two different suites that everybody was in. And so you're walking back and forth and, um, you know, so it really, to be honest with you, it's not even about the game as much as it is getting together with those guys. Mm-hmm. And then after we, we bumbled across the street, back to the W again, and then went upstairs to, uh, what are they called? Altitude. I think that's the name of the place on top of the W. Oh, the former, former there. ghost bar. Yeah. Former ghost bar. Exactly. And so we went up there. And so that's when, and then we were there till, Till guys started to drift off to their rooms. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, the beginning of this whole thing, when Stuckel's calling out, you know, Hatch, you got your room, and you got your room, you got your room. And I said, Stuckel, I didn't hear my name at all. So, anyway, we didn't get a room there. But I'm like, that's okay. We'll just drive home, and we'll take our chances. (laughs) Anyway, but it was an unbelievable event. It always is. They always do an incredible job with that stuff. And, you know, most important thing is that we were there with with Zuby. and, um, And I just said, man, I... I was so honored. I said, finding out that um, the way the thing was set up on the ice, just to be invited to be on the ice for the part of it. So 
Um, it was great, great. I mean, and Zuby's, Zuby's a little bit more um, professional now that than than he. Well, not not that he always hasn't been, but you know, he's a coach now over in Russia, and you can see there's this. I mean, some of us haven't grown up yet, and and Zuby's is more mature from a hockey standpoint, and you know, pays attention to all the details, which is what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean. Wonderful night, uh, you know. Unfortunate loss after that, but uh, couldn't didn't overshadow, um, you know, the great Sergey Zuboff and the night he had. So that's that's great stuff, Craig. Really is, man. That's great behind the scenes action. You're not going to hear that anywhere else. So you're listening to Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's Craig Ludwig. I wanted to go into some NHL news before we talk about the stars last night. Dave Tippett. No longer the coach in Edmonton. For those of you that don't know, Craig Ludwig was teammates and roommates with Dave Tippett when they went to North Dakota. So your thoughts on that, um, Craig? I, you know, I wish he had a goaltender there. That you know, uh, yeah. that's that's really what it comes down to. And when you have names like McDavid and Drysidle, and you know, you need to perform. You have a new arena. Expectations are way high in Edmonton. Well. <clears throat> Yeah, and and you've got two of the top players in the world, and um, <laughs> I'd say they're in their prime, wouldn't you? Yeah, yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. I mean, it's it's really interesting because you know McDavid obviously gets all the hype, rightfully so. But I mean, if Leon Drysaddle's on another NHL team, I mean, that's yeah, for wow. Sure. Yeah, well, I think that's why. That, that's why. I mean, if you're and, and I and I think Kenny Holland, the general manager, there will be the first guy to, you know, say, listen, these things. And and Kenny Holland is a guy because he Jim Nill is from the Kenny Holland school. They do not believe in their philosophy is you do not fire coaches during the season, and they don't do that. And so, and I think since uh, Kenny's been the general manager there, and it's not easy to make things happen. Trades trades aren't easy. There's the you know, and again, it's the salary cap issues and all this other kind of stuff. You know what they need is they need a goaltender. We all we all know yeah. that, and we've been talking about that for months now. They know that uh, the fans know it, um, but I will say that, and I watch Edmonton a lot. Um, Hitch is there. You know, I chat with Hitch, and and you know now he's back in St. Louis, and but you can tell. I could tell the way McDavid has been playing the last three or four games, maybe five games. And when, when you watch a game, a lot of people watch the game. And when teams are going through problems, I watch mannerisms of certain players. And as dominant he, as he is as a player, every shift, he hasn't been. And if I'm sitting up there and I'm reading body language, you're going, he's he's disappointed he's not happy with the direction the the whatever it may be whatever is on his mind he was not the same he won a couple games without getting a point that's not natural for him mm-hmm. i mean <clears throat> that's hard to say and uh, but you can say it about him because he's just such a dominant player and he didn't approach every shift the same like he typically does for me and i think when you're sitting up there and you're hollering you're going something has to happen here and I can't go out. And if I want Flurry right now out of Chicago, they want this, this, and this. You know, they they just want too much because everybody knows. I mean, you don't 
you're in a desperate situation. Mm -hmm. So the prices are going to be higher for what you got to give back. And they're going to be asking for your top prospect. They're going to ask being asking for a first rounder and Fleury is probably not worth a first rounder right now or whatever goaltend. They know you're in a desperate spot. So it's not an easy spot to be in. And so anyways, something had to happen. And unfortunately it always seems to be, it's the coaches. And I think they're in that spot where if they, if they just start playing a little bit better and as Smitty who didn't have a good game last night, he came back after an injury, gave up four or five goals. Uh, the fans in Edmonton actually got on him, gave him the old Bronx cheer and Smitty raised his stick up to acknowledge him, which I don't think that's ever a good idea, but he did. Um, if they, they can get into the playoffs here. And so they're at that spot. Uh, and again, kind of similar with when we talked about in Dallas here, what do you do with Klingberg? What do you do with Radulov? They're in that spot and they need to make the playoffs. They, their fans, they yeah. have to make the playoffs. And so, and it's been kind of, there is this bump that, you know, when a coach gets fired, a new coach comes in, um, there seems to be a little bit of bump in players. And I think that's what he's hoping for right now that you know they can win three out of five four out of their next five games and just get them into the get them in a position in the playoffs get your name above that line and you're in the playoffs and then i think you're hoping to get a little more pop out of you know back get it back to where mcdavid's there and you know uh, dry sidles there evander kane is there um it's just not gonna be easy for them to get a goalie yeah yeah I'll tell you, I, I just if I'm in the West, I do not want them in the playoffs. I know that they don't have the greatest track record, but there's just too much there where if it just came together like it did for the Stars in the bubble a few years ago, watch out. Yeah. Yeah, yeah they're they're real good. All right, let's talk about the Brad Marchand. Six-game suspension. What did he, for, what did he do again? <laughs> <laughs> so, he just had another one of his games. He just got caught. <laughs> you know, it's it's it, yeah, exactly, exactly. Sometimes you see things and you're like, that's interesting. I'm, I'm interested to see what NHL player safety is going to say. And I think of all the leagues, NHL player safety does the best job in social media explaining why or why not there was a suspension or a fine. And when I saw this as it happened or right after it happened, I said, no way. No, that's a, that's a pretty hefty one right there. I mean, you can't come in from a blind side and punch a goalie. And then as you're leaving, take your stick and lift it toward his helmet. Well, the best part of that was he pushed the referee out of the way to go punch him in the head. <laughs> the referee was standing on the post, on the net. Yeah. And there was a player just in front of him, a little to his left, in order to make room to get around to come from the back of the net to, to take a, take, give him the haymaker. He had to push the referee out. And then as he's getting escorted off, he decides to go back. And, you know, I don't know if he meant to really – make contact with his mask with the yeah. stick blade, but he did. But even mm -hmm. still, I mean, that's when the wires touched, you know, the wires touched on him and he he's now the leader uh, since the whole suspension thing has come in. He's a leader of all time. I believe in number of suspensions and he is right somewhere near a million dollars. Wow. He has paid in suspension fees. I, I think even more interesting is, I mean, obviously the, the numbers he puts up and, um, you know, are amazing. And that line is amazing. Six games when you're fighting for a wild card spot is tough. I mean, there's no guarantee that Boston gets in. Well, 
it's going to be slim. I mean, the only team that's really going to yeah. probably have a chance is the Islanders. Yep. And I don't, you know, they've got such a, uh, you know, they've got such a tough schedule ahead of them. Yeah. Um, but, you know, nothing, nothing is guaranteed. And, you know, I, I mean, I think well, even with Washington, I, I, there's a couple teams that the, that the Islanders could, could target, but um, you know, they're, they should be in the playoffs. Um, but again, they're not comfortably in the playoffs and, you know, you, you look to, you look to kind of cement things and then get guys with a rest. And if you can, as you kind of come down the stretch and things like that, but um, you know, I mean, but again, Bergeron's got an injury. Um, so they're not sure if he's going to play. So they've, they've got some guys nicked up Tuka Rast, <laughs> the guy that they were counting on. Yeah. He comes back and then, you know, what is it? A couple weeks later, he decides to, I mean, call it quits. And yeah, very like Ben Bishop tried to come back and the rehab just wasn't working. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and then we had some uh, skill players move into management positions. We have Daniel Briere, the former Philadelphia Flyer, moves into the assistant GM position there. And then we have Martin St. Louis, the new head coach of the Montreal Canadiens, temporary, but let's see how he does in that position. And then Cami Granato, uh, she was the first female scout uh, with the Seattle Kraken. She moves into an assistant GM position with the Vancouver Canucks as Jim Rutherford fills his staff uh, in Vancouver. So uh, pretty interesting to see three former excellent skill players uh, get management positions. Well, that's the second woman um, that Jimmy's hired uh, as far as management goes um, as being the current general manager, director of hockey ops over there in Vancouver. And so, and Cammy was actually a scout for the uh, Seattle Kraken. Yep. And so she's got a, she's got a history and, um, so she'll do a good job. And I, I, and again, I, you know, everything's changing, right. The times are changing and, and we've been hearing it for a long time, just because you're male or female doesn't mean you doesn't have, you don't have as much hockey knowledge, especially for these women that have the history that they have, you know, uh, the Olympics in their leagues and everything yeah. else. And so Jeez. when other teams are hiring them to be scouts and kind of be, you know, you get hired to be a scout and you have an opinion on that's your future that you're playing with there. And so they've got a lot of, <clears throat> a lot of faith and, and Cammy comes from a great, great family oh yeah you know so there's there's a history there they're they're a hockey family and i think briere and philly he's been in the organization he's been working with the phantoms and i think he's wanted to do that so it'll be interesting to see Phillies. and again you're you're always talking about teams that are in in trouble right i mean that's where all these things happen and um <clears throat> for whatever reason you know they, they shuffle the deck and so briere will have an opinion there and um another guy i i love it when they're bringing in people that actually played the game yeah and, i do too and and being it and have worked at other levels because it's again we've talked about this too it, it's a different generation players are wired differently now yeah and so if you've done work with younger players and you know what makes them tick versus the old school way where a lot of us broke in you know you can't you can't the kids don't respond the same way as, as i would have responded um you know back in the day and and so and then with marty st louis i mean you talk about a guy that's just overcome everything and the first thing is they always talk about his size but that that doesn't even matter in today's game anymore but the fact when when we played and and he he was on the on the edge of that kind of game starting to turn but he still had to fight his way through hall of famer and he's got all this coaching experience. He just left his peewee team. So the, his most coaching experience has been <laughs> in the head coach of a, of a peewee team. So there, to me, there's a little more there 
there's a little, and, and I love it. I, I have no idea. I have no inside knowledge about nothing, but that team in Montreal is, is a shipwreck. It's, it's, it's a, it's a dumpster fire. And right now you're concerned about attitudes, opinions, um, give a shit meter of the players that you're, that are on your bench right now and who's going to be back, who's not going to be back. And I just wonder if Marty's coming in there, obviously to be a coach, he's got a contract for the rest of this year and he'll be the head coach, but is he also there to be up close and personal with those players on a day-to-day basis? Who, who gives a shit who done more importantly, who doesn't. Mm-hmm. And, and to be able to, cause he's hit, I believe that the general manager was his, agent so they have a a good reputation obviously and so i just wonder if there's a some of that to it like we need somebody on the inside that can be a coach doesn't mean he can't be a coach and won't be the coach but if there's any information and nobody is close you can you can be a general manager the assistant gm the president but until you're in the room every single day with those players on the buses on the planes practice you know all that stuff sitting in the training room and you always talk to your trainer trainers know more than anybody and trainers are like shrinks and so you build a good relationship with your trainers and your trainers know what side their bread is buttered on and so if there's something going on or a kid's got a bad attitude or you know doesn't like who he's playing with and you know if you, you do it right you can find out a lot of things and so you know there there may be a little bit of that going on hey we we want you to coach but we also want to know hey let us know what's going on here so you know, whether that's part of it or not, I have no idea, but you know, it, it, nothing sits well in Montreal in a good year when you don't make the playoffs or you get knocked out in the first or second round, much less what's going on now. I mean, they're, they're, they're flirting with things that happen, haven't happened since the thirties, uh, as far as records go, you know, whether it's goals or giving up goals or, you know, wins versus losses, things that haven't, haven't happened since the thirties and forties and leave it to them to pull, pull, pull them all up. Yeah. So yeah, it's not a good time to be a Montreal Canadian player. So I bring those former players up because I actually wanted to ask you this. You helped out the Allen Americans and you coached the stars elite team. Has there been any thought from you about taking another step? Uh, you know, when I got with, with Allen, I guess, well, you know, again, when I, Bob Gainey, you know, I always talk about Bo and um, we, uh, when I, when I had retired, you know, and he had me go coach our minor league team. That was my first time, you know, with, with that kind of stuff, coaching the minor league players. Then went to Salt Lake city and did the same thing there. And then came back to Dallas and went on the ice with the guys. And then they actually gave me an office upstairs, which was more about, you know, guys need somebody to talk to, you know, that kind of stuff. And, and I actually started to get into it. And then working with the kids. And when I went to Allen, you know, I, I didn't coach and I didn't want to be the coach and I wouldn't be the coach because my, my twins were on the team and they wouldn't listen to me. I know that. And so that's why I brought in Steve Martinson and then just kind of, I I would say ran it kind of, I mean, (laughs) kind of told Marty how we're going (laughs) to, he didn't like it all. Um, But, but I mean, we want, I wanted our team to play a certain way and, you know, Matt brought in Maddie and, you know, Belfour and brought Mo in, brought Mo in to come in every two weeks and get a paycheck. That's about it. But (laughs) he could shake hands and kiss babies every once in a while. So Mo did his part. Um, But I kind of liked that, but it it was the first time I got to see some of that stuff. You know I mean? 
They're like, what? You guys are busing everywhere? No, I'm not going on any road trips. I, I won't be going there. I, I said, Maddie, I'll, I'll be at home and I will send you messages. I can get on my computer. I can watch the game. And so I would, I would send Maddie things about, okay, you got to do this. You got to change this. So, you know, I was, I was muddling with things, but you know, the good news is we, we ended up winning a championship there at the end of that year. And um, so on that, well, it's the U18 thing, you know, I guess it's a long way of saying, yeah, there's, there's interest for me because I, I, I kind of seen it now at all different levels and it's changed at all different levels. And you kind of have to know which buttons to push, which is no different with us, but it's a whole, it's on a, it's in a different neighborhood, the buttons that you push or don't push probably more importantly that you don't push them. And it's just how you have to deal with, with everything. And um, where, you know, old school days where you guys come to the rink and you do your, you do your job for two and a half hours, whether it's a game or practice and you're on your own and don't go to jail and make sure you're here and you're not late tomorrow and do mm-hmm. the same thing over again. If you can't do it and you can't recognize you can't do it, you're done. And so now there's way more that goes into that. And, and there's a lot of things you don't even have to worry about anymore because they take so good care of themselves and um, they're all great kids and great players, um, but you just have to handle them differently. And, but you, you still have to push, you know, you got to step on some toes and push some buttons and, but you got to find the right time. And a lot of it is knowing, knowing the right player to give it to in front of the rest of the team, because there are some players that can handle it. And there's other players that you can crumble and they, you know, they, they don't want to be let down in front of their teammates, which is completely understandable. And, and I was that guy. I mean, I, Hitch could come in and give it, give me and Wills could come in and give it to me. Same with Maddie. Um, same with Hatch, but there are other guys they knew they couldn't. And so we were, and we knew that, I mean, after a while, you know, you'll have the odd conversation. Listen, okay, that, that message was for this guy and this guy and this guy too. And it was more importantly for them, but you guys would be able to, you know, brush it off. And so it made it easier on us, but, but you, you have to be able to trust guys that as a coach to be able to say that to them. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I've said it to some of our players and I, I bring them in like, couple of days ago, I, I brought him and I show him the stuff that I'm going to show before to the team. I'm going to say, listen, I just want you to know you're going to be in this clip. And you're going to be in this clip. And I'm going to give you shit about this and about that, but I'll warn them. But that's because I know that they're not going to say nothing to them, to the rest of the team. And they're just going to kind of, okay, coach got it. You know, but there's other guys I would never do that to. Yeah. Anyway. So, you know, you're, you got to be Fraser crane more often now than, sure. than anything else. Sure. Interesting perspective. It's Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle. He's Craig Ludwig. Just want to say real quick, if Craig had made the 1980 Olympic team, it wouldn't have been an upset when we beat Russia, right? Well, if it wouldn't have been, yeah, if it wouldn't have been my 18th birthday and I was there with four other friends celebrating, not really trying to try out. Um, so it's a good thing I was there celebrating because they went, they went about their business. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah, they did okay. <laughs> they did okay. Yeah. All right, so I pulled up the William Nylander contract because a couple of years ago he held out as a restricted free agent, and the Maple Leafs finally acquiesced and signed him. I mean, 6.962, basically a $7 million contract a year, which goes through 23-24. And I say that as we move on to the Stars, that might we might be getting close to a target number for Jason Robertson. Yeah, I can't disagree. Um, but that contract sure looks good now. For we we Willie Nylander. Oh I mean, yeah. I mean he's a dynamite player. Yeah. And um and I think what you want to be able to do is yeah you gotta you gotta kind of forecast out but you also have to be able to 
see that consistency, you know, and say, listen, he he's doing this as a young player, two out of four games, three out of five games, mm-hmm. four out of five games. Okay. Now it's stretching into here. And then, you know, and I know that they got the stats for, for Jason, for, you know, points and goals and the amount of NHL games that he's played. And so, you know, and, and I think he's dirt. And the other thing you got to figure out is if he's durable. And I think he is. And so, but uh, the most important part about him on well, that most important, they go together. It, it's his hockey IQ. I mean, he just, he, you find him, he, he finds quiet spots. Like he, you, you see a lot of the goals that, that he scores it. You're like, well, how, how do they not, how is he not covered? Like, why isn't there somebody, listen, if, if you're looking at the stat sheet and the coaching staff, you're like this player here, this is what he does. This, this is his tendencies. Like he just scores every night and the same thing with, with hints. I mean, you got to give him a little room because he can fly. Yeah. I mean, you got to probably give him an extra step. I would say 80% of the defensemen in the league have to give him a little bit more room um, in order for him not to create a race and either draw a penalty or get a quality scoring chance. So, but those are the tendencies, you know, that you're hoping for. And I think with, with Robertson, you know, everything early on now, has he played, what has he played about 80, 90 games now? I mean, we in that neighborhood yeah. with him, you know, so, you know, again, I, I always talk about, you know, the defensemen got to play 250, 300 games kind of tells you who they are. I don't know if that's true or not, but, but I don't know if there's a number for a forward, like, but I, again, I, I think he's, he's kind of checked every box and the question will be, you know, Cap, what do you got left? What do you got room? I mean, and if you don't have the room, then you got to talk him into a, you know, that bridge deal. And so um, you know, it'll be interesting. And and that's why I say, I said this last couple of times we've talked here, it's gotta be tough to be the general manager of Dallas stars because you're, you're in that mushy middle. Um, your team is what would be a polite way of saying it consistently inconsistent. Yeah. No roller coaster. Um, 90 yeah. games, 90 games. He's played 90 games. Yep. Yeah. So, <clears throat> you know, and I, how many, I mean, he's probably only missed what four or five games oh so i mean max said he's been available to play um, yeah. i don't remember uh, i know that he missed a few games to start the season um but you know so i think durability comes into that obviously but but again and i throw this out to you sorry to interrupt craig 90 games 89 points yeah yeah so he's a point for a game guy yeah um you know and again do that when you at four or five hundred for sure but um at the rate and again it has a lot to do with your playing with right and it's the chemistry and all that other stuff but again i i just you know he just has a way the first i said this a long time ago about him when i first saw him he said he doesn't have that puck on a stick long like he even when he's carrying it through the neutral zone you'll find if he he doesn't see what he likes he'll just put it in or he'll put it in a spot to get it so he doesn't overhandle the puck and you know as far as getting the shot off i mean he he gets it off like right now and he knows where it's going. And then there's other times where he's standing off to the side. And I'm like, how do you not know where he is? Because like for a guy that plays against offensive guys, you have to, you have to be aware of your surroundings. Yeah. You have to know where certain people are all the time. Cause they're the ones that do the damage. I mean, there's no secret when you play the Dallas stars right now. I mean, yeah. it's, it's one line. Totally. That, that's what it is. It's the power play in one line. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, ab- absolutely. And on that line, so, so we in the business have this thing called dead air, and dead air basically means silence. And that's how I feel when I text Craig during the games, because <laughs> I texted you last night, and I said it's an it's an issue 
when the TNT announcers are saying and shoot actually yeah, shoot the puck, like raising their voice about Rope Hint saying, shoot the puck. And well, I, was, I, would, I would have replied to you yeah. if you'd have text that before they said it. Then I'd have known you knew what they were taught, what was going on. No, but if I mean, we're all sitting here going, my God, quit looking for a better play all the time. No, I agree with you, but I pointed out from the announcer point of view, it's so interesting to hear a national announcer who has no stake in the game basically telling the player, just shoot the puck. Yeah, but that's what they're supposed to do. Did you know what the job of those announcers? That was Eddie Olda. That was Eddie Olchuk that said And that. Eddie's very outspoken, but a lot of times, like, you could tell he was frustrated. Well, I don't know who wouldn't be frustrated, except the coaches, maybe. I, I don't know. <clears throat> I have no idea. They, they have this habit. Like, you know what? I, what I would have responded to you, and what my response was going to be was, they think they're the Florida Panthers. And they have a few guys that are play like Florida. Florida Panthers is, is a juggernaut. Yep. And they, they are four lines deep. And they are six defensemen deep. Yeah. And they are more than willing and happy to play in a 6-4 game every night. Every night. Let's open it up. If we can get you guys to open it up, we'll give up three goals, four goals. We don't care because yeah. we'll score six or seven. But they have the depth to play that way. <clears throat> and that's that's why for me, you know, it's you got to get there because there's a ha- there's a tendency sometimes the way certain players play that are able to get away with it. Other players will want to play the same game. And that's the whole part of knowing who you are. And so you don't want Radek Foxa doing that. You know, you don't necessarily want Glenn Denning doing that or Raffle, even though those two guys have been really good. Yep. I mean, they just, they, you watch them. They, they play in straight lines. They play in straight lines. Yeah. And there's one pass and it goes to the net. They've been good like, pieces. Absolutely. Yeah. They're, they're great pieces. They're, they're, they're those are support players. Those are, yep. are good role players that, you know, penalty killers and, you know, the, and Glenn Denning just do it. I mean, it's nice to see that kind of a player who does a lot of dirty work and he's not, he's not 23 years old, yep. but the, what he did defensively to get rewarded, you know, I agree. I, I, I agree. I agree. And watching social media last night, I think, I think people are starting to come around. I mean, and I hate to, I just hate to harp on this. But man, Radic Foxa lost some defensive assignments last night. I mean, it was that one to Duchesne, and Radic Fox is watching the puck as yeah. Duchesne, you know, comes open from the backside. I'm like, oh man. And correct me if I'm wrong, Craig, but I mean, I just I'm worried about it's not the hugest contract, but over three million dollars a year, you're not producing on the ice in both categories. And that is a concern to me. Because you yeah, signed him I, to a long-term I, deal. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And and again, for for a player that, um, you know, his role is to be a shutdown guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, his role is not to score 30, 30 goals a year. <clears throat> you know, top centerman uh, against top lines. So take big face-offs, kill penalties, play well in your own zone. And, you know, and again, that's why, I mean, sometimes – you know, you have to be reminded of what your role is and what you do and how you fit into what we're trying to accomplish as a team. And you kind of get caught in thinking, well, Jesus, this guy's got, you know, Glenn Denning's, I don't, I don't even know what their goals are, but Glenn Denning's got seven goals now, you know, yeah. and he's fourth line guy and I only got two. And so um, then you start 
forgetting or you, you're forgetting about what your main priority is to be able to play well on your own end. But the, you know what, again, I've been critical. I, there's times I'm not, I, I don't even understand sometimes how they're playing on their own end. There's times where they're playing oh. man on man and, but, but that's a system that they have. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I got our guys, you know, I, I show, I show them Dallas guys and then I'll show them Tampa Bay. Then I'll show them Carolina. And, and now they see the differences. They see the differences in the way teams play and systems and why I, I get our guys to play the way we do, because the majority of teams at the next level are probably going to, they're going to want, they're going to want you to play a certain way. And if we can give you that tool before you get there, you're like, Jesus, all we have to do is unplug this kid and and plug in a younger player. And he already knows what we got to do. Yeah. And And, I I mean, I don't want to take away. It was a great win. I mean, that's a huge two points against a division opponent and you got Winnipeg coming in, you got to beat them. And, you know, I mean, you got to beat these division opponents as you head to the trade deadline because you got some tough decisions coming up. I just saw, I saw, I hate to harp on the negative, but I saw things last night that just brought a lot of concern. You know, specifically the the response from Nashville as soon as the Stars scored and, you know, the muck around the net toward the end of that period. Ottinger shouldn't have covered the puck. I, you know, I mean, he'll learn that stuff. Um, but you know, I just, I agree with you defensively. Sometimes I just wonder like, okay, what, what's the identity and that's part of the whole roller coaster ride as the stars, but they won and they're in the playoff mix, two points out of a playoff spot. That's very good. Um, they have some tough games coming up, but, um, you know, I mean, we'll see. It would be, I will say there, there are things that need to be point. I, I, Jamie Ben. While he might be not, why he might not be scoring, he's doing a lot of little things that don't show up on the stat sheet. And there are players on the ice. I think Sagan can be credited for that as well. There are, while they might not be putting up those elite points, you know, I think they've improved in their two-way, uh, you know, defensive assignments as well. Well, you can you can see they can't get to the same spots at the same time that. Hints can Gariana Robertson, you know, they can't get to them same spots and, but they're doing, they're doing what they have to do to, to be as effective as they possibly can. Like, you know, again, I, I we talked about this so many times. I mean, I, I'm not going to, I'm not going to beat up on Tyler Sagan because he went through a incredibly difficult uh, surgery and rehab and everything else. And I just can't believe that that has nothing, nothing at all to do with, any kind of separation speed, but I don't, I don't see Tyler with the separation speed, you know, to get away from a defenseman in the offensive zone. And, but, but he, you know, they come in, they work hard on faceoffs, and they know that they got, and Jamie, Jamie, he, he plays physical and Jamie tries to make a couple moves down low and, you know, where, where Robinson or Robertson or, or hints or one of those guys may make a, you know, a kind of move that gets away from a stick from an opposing defenseman and gets a shot off. It may not happen for Jamie. But so for me, when Jamie plays in straight lines and gets pucks to the net and follows them there and, and just brings the whole pile to in front of or on top of the other goaltender, that's when he's doing his best. When yeah. Get to like and when Klinger got hit last yeah, year. That's what I was going to bring up. I mean, I think yeah. that's a that's a big point. I mean, you got a guy that has talked about, you know, openly and said he wanted to wants to stay with the Stars, but, you know, there Everyone knows, and I'm sure the team knows that you know a trade could come to fruition. But when he got elbowed, Jamie Ben stepped in. To me, that's a good that's a good message for the room. Am I right by that, Craig? Oh yeah. Well, I mean, uh, Jamie knows that 
that's part of his MO. I mean, you got a calling card and you got two strings on that card that you have to bring to the game every night. That that's, that's first and foremost. I mean, I go back years when I sent Jamie a couple YouTube videos that I recorded and just, and he was have I think he was kind of <clears throat> down on himself about points and goals and, and it was it had nothing to do with that. And it was just, just straight lines that that's when you, that's when, the opposing team is going, oh, shit, Ben is playing tonight. And that's when your players are going, all right, our yep. captain's here tonight. Agreed. So when Jamie leads that way, that's the way that's the way he goes. He plays in straight lines, and he sets the tone. He sets the tempo for a game, and that's when he's effective. And that's when that's how he leads. I don't I don't think Jamie's – I've never been in a room with him, uh, you know, sitting there before a game or during a period. I don't think – I just don't think he's a big rah-rah guy. Yep. And neither was Darian Hatcher. But they were great leaders because they just go out – and Brendan Morrow. And they just go out and they play in straight lines. And if they, if somebody gets run on your team, you know, that they're, they're there. And so that, that's what he has to bring. And, and he's done that. I, I, I said that when the year, you know, a couple of years ago when they went to the cup, I thought Jamie was great. I mean, he, that's what he did is he played with a purpose and, and uh, anybody else on the other team knew that, that he was that guy. And if you ran one of the Dallas stars, you would have to face him, whether it's that shift or a couple of shifts later. So, um, but yeah, I, you know, again, you can see, you can see that the guard is changing, you know, and you just always don't want there to be the, the time in the middle to when it's changing, you want to just keep it going. And, um, but I agree with you. Like, I don't like the way Nashville was able to answer, you know, after every goal. Yeah. I mean, it was within minutes, a minute and, well, and then <laughs> there's it, seconds. Like, <laughs> a couple seconds left to go in a period. See, those, those are characteristics. Yep. Those are not characteristics of teams that are Stanley Cup contenders. Mm-hmm. Like, and I'm not saying that that happens to Dallas every night, but you don't you don't see that. That's why you know everybody wants to. And I love watching Florida. I don't know if they're. I don't know. And if if they're going to play Colorado in the finals, yep. Then then that'll be a great final. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they, you know, because if they want to, because they have the bullets. I mean, both Colorado, Tampa, they have bullets to just play, shoot them out. And last guy standing, it's going to be a 6-5 game in the playoffs. That's fine. Now you play Tampa Bay, the difference there, you got the world's best goalie. Yeah. And and until and unless they wear him down between now and the end of the year, man, I'm going to tell you, like I think actually tonight Colorado plays Tampa. So it'll be interesting. Uh, you know, McKinnon's not back. I don't know if Kucherov is playing for Tampa, but the two top – offensive guys might be out but even even still um you know that that will be the thing that there's a reason that colorado yeah. in the whole flurry talk is there because yeah. they know they know this is the way we play and we're going to give up scoring chances and so we need someone that can stop you know a couple outnumbered rushes per period the great point tonight at eight so if you're listening to this yeah. podcast during the day lightning at avalanche lightning 30 10 and 6 avalanche 32 8 and 4 that's a good yeah. one there and and again I, I, I'm I would pick I think it's in Colorado is it it in is Colorado? in Colorado yes I would pick uh, Florida tonight even and Florida doesn't play well on the road <clears throat> there that's one thing is they they don't have a very good road record um I mean they're home I think they've only lost a couple games this year yeah they play but, the Lightning and then they come here so they have some time off after Colorado does yeah they don't, don't they play Sunday or something like yeah, that? yeah Sunday at one matinee and then I think Dallas goes to Colorado that's correct correct. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I did, I did want to point out just a Florida point. I mean, I remember for, you know, everyone was questioning the Aaron Ekblad pick, but uh, turning out pretty good. 
He's a good player. Yeah. You know, yeah, they just good. have they just have good players up and down. And the other thing I love is uh Tampa signing Pat Maroon to a new two year deal, one one million each year. I mean, that's a piece. That's a nice piece. Well, and there's something about him in the locker room. Yeah. There's something about him off the ice. And <clears throat> you know, he likes to have fun. Um, but he in his own way, he's a leader in the room. He he can he can be like what Mike Keen was to us. You know, Keener was a great player, but Keener, again, Maroon is the only guy, I think, since uh, Kucherov's come in the league that's fought him four times. I mean, nobody wants to fight Chara. Yeah. I mean, he's fought Chara four times. <laughs> and, um, but he fights and he's, he's not going to, you know, you would think and he's, a, he's a monster, but it's not like he's a great fighter. He knows his role. Yeah. He's not fleet of foot whatsoever. That ironically coming from me, but he doesn't, I mean, but he just, he's heavy. He goes to the net. Yep. He's good on the bench. I, I'm guessing he's great in the room. And I'm guessing he's what he is at when they have group functions, you know. Totally. Um, and when the playoffs come, you know he's going to yeah. come up with a big play. Yeah. Yeah. And that, and you keep those guys hanging around. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because you, those are the elements that make up those championship teams. And I'm sure you could talk to people in any sport. And, you know, they're going to point to some guy across the room. Like that's our, that's one of our guys. And I'm yeah. like, wait a minute. He, he's, you know, he's a platoon player. I mean, he very, you know, but, but he's a glue guy. Yeah. And people just kind of gravitate to certain people and, and they do the right things. They say the right things. They know when it's time to do those things and they know when it's time not to do those things. And, you know, they become leaders in their own way and they don't have to be rah-rah guys. And they don't have to, a lot of the times the superstars aren't the ones that typically always should be wearing the C or even an A sometimes, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And because that's the, sometimes that's a burden on them too. You know, they just like to go and do their thing. They don't right. want to be a, held accountable to 18 out of the other guys. And and you don't need them to be. Yeah. Like, just go do your thing. We'll take care of the rest. Yeah. Well, in this podcast, you're my glue guy, sir. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> I knew that would get you. Yeah. All right, buddy. Thanks for another episode. This was, uh, this was fun. Enjoy. Enjoy some uh, good hockey. I know I'm going to the next few days, and I'm going to watch that tilt tonight, and it's going to be a lot of fun. All right. You the man. Craig Ludwig, two-time Stanley Cup winner. I'm Gavin Spittle. If you are listening to this and you say, hey, this is pretty cool, tell your friends about it, like it, so we can uh, spread the word that there's a hockey podcast here in DFW. Until then, thanks for listening to another edition of Spits and Suds right here on 105.3 The Fan.